so many new things to see, so many gifts to give and receive, so many miracles to baffle and amaze. If only we pay attention, if only we let the spirit surprise and God catch our breath. Church, let's pay attention this morning. Let's be willing to be surprised by the spirit of God today. And at this time, I want to invite Pastor John up to lead us in the special morning of the Lord's Prayer. Thank you, lady. John sends his greetings. He's in his last few weeks of sabbatical, and he's having a great time, and uh, he misses us, I think. <laughs> hoping, he comes, hoping he comes back. Um, I'm sure he will rest it. And, and we do have a different morning uh, this morning. So I'm actually going to invite us as we begin to stand. We're going to read God's word together. Um, I'm going to read most of it. We begin with the Lord's Prayer. I'm going to have you join in and read with me, okay? So this is Matthew 5. And I'll, I'll give you a little cue when you're supposed to read with me together. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly I tell you, they have received the reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven. Here we go. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Let's pray together. God, thank you so much for this prayer. Thank you for this morning to come and celebrate at your table what you have done to celebrate forgiveness and restoration and the promise that you are making all things new. God, we are so grateful for you today. And so thank you for, for just leading us today. We invite your spirit to be our spiritual director today as we pray through this, as we meet with you, as we seek our hearts, and, and as we listen to your voice. God, direct our steps and our thoughts and, and our minds today. In your name, amen. You can have a seat. Have you ever received a gift and then forgot about it for a while only to rediscover it? ever received a gift and, and you just forgot about it you know I I got these Ugg slippers for Christmas my mom gave me these sheepskin Ugg slippers and, and I remember loving them at the, at the beginning when I started using them and then they, the weather got warm and I pushed them under the bed and then summer happened and they went 
further and further under the bed, and I forgot about them. And then a couple weeks ago, what happened? It got cold. And uh, so I'm like, where are, those, where, where are those slippers that I had? Where are they? And I, you know, got into bed and got them out, and I put them on my feet, and I was like, oh, yes. These are good. This is a good gift. Rediscovering a gift. This, this gift of the Lord's Prayer, I, I hope today to help you rediscover in your life and, and in my life. And as I've been studying and praying this week, I, I feel like it is a gift that Jesus has given us. This is a treasure of a prayer that religion in some ways has taken it from us and hid it in religiosity, and we, we forget how deeply meaningful and important it is to be formed in the image of Christ, to, to pray this prayer, and to, to know it, and to, to speak it, and to live in it. And so I hope that, that that's what I want to do this morning, is have a time where we get to pray together. I can, I can talk a lot about prayer, and I could, you know, we could have a huge sermon about prayer, and I'm going to share a couple thoughts, but I think the best thing to do to experience God's presence and to, to, to actually know more about prayer is just to practice prayer. So we're going to have some time today to practice prayer together. There's one thing that the disciples asked Jesus how to do. Do you remember, remember the story? The disciples asked Jesus how to do only one thing. It wasn't how to preach. It wasn't how to heal the sick. It wasn't how to, how to uh, raise the dead. It wasn't how to cast out demons. They said, teach us to pray. Lord, teach us to pray. Why do you think that's the only thing we have recorded? There must have been something about Jesus when he came back from prayer. There must have been something about his ministry that was just so deeply rooted in prayer. And they just saw this is the key to what Jesus is doing. This is the key to everything Jesus is living and saying is his relationship with his father. It's that important. And so he did. He said... This is how you are to pray. So here's what we're going to do today. I'm going to give you just a quick little overview of the Lord's Prayer. And then we're going to, we're going to line by line, pray through it. I'm going to lead you in a, in a few little spiritual exercises. I hope you're okay with that this morning. It's going to be a little different. There's going to be a little more space. And uh, we're going to worship a little more in between the service. And worship is really a, when we sing worship songs, it's a, it's a prayer to God. It's, it's connecting our head and our heart together in, in music. And so this, that is a way we get to pray together. Um, there are two books I want to just point out as we get going. And the, the first one is this one, Pray Like Monks, Living Like Fools. Praying Like Monks, Living Like Fools from uh, Tyler Statton from Bridgetown. It's a great resource on prayer. And the next one that has just impacted me recently is A Praying Life by Paul Miller. So I want to throw those out in case you want to go deeper into prayer, you want to learn more about prayer. These are great books to, to dive into. So here's just a couple thoughts on, on the Lord's Prayer before we start praying. The, the first is this, that the Lord's Prayer is deeply rooted in church history. 
In fact, the early church, the early church, they, they had this teaching, the Didache, that was one of the earliest teachings we have outside of the Bible, and they instructed the church to pray the Lord's Prayer three times a day. And uh, the Jews were really familiar with praying the Shema at least three times a day. And so this, the Lord's Prayer, has been rooted in history in the church, and the church has been praying this for centuries and centuries together. This is a sacred prayer that we, we see Jesus giving us. Second, this, this prayer is like an anchor. I, I think of our world and the chaos and the just the, the truth that's, that's just so nebulous out there. And, and this prayer get, gets us back to the essentials, back to the core. It's in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount, which is reminding us, we, we, every week we're reminding each other, this is the essential truths of Jesus. This is what he's teaching us. And the Lord's Prayer does just that. It leads us to the essential things that God wants us to pray for and think about and be shaped in. In fact, I, I, I didn't know this, but in Aramaic, where the, this is the prayer um, originally Jesus prayed in, in Aramaic, the, this, if you speak it in Aramaic, it rhymes. That Jesus gave us a poem. A poem that's easy to remember. It's only 31 words. And I love what the Archbishop of Canterbury said, Justin Welby. He said, the Lord's Prayer is simple enough to be memorized by small children, yet profound enough to sustain a whole lifetime of exploration in prayer. Profound enough to sustain a whole lifetime. I wonder how, how much exploration we've done in the Lord's Prayer. Third, this prayer, this prayer is plural. Notice... It's our Father, it's give us, it's lead us, it's forgive us. This is a communal prayer. This isn't a me, myself, and I prayer. We like to say our faith is, is personal, but it's not private. We are, we are in a community, a God family together, praying this together. And lastly, this prayer is not a formula to recite. This is not something we just recite and let it roll off our tongues and not think about it. But it's, it's actually a template. This is a prayer, this is a template that Jesus provided for us. And here's the template, just so you, this is one way to, to talk about the template. Orientation is, is the first one. We just say reality. This is who God is, remembering who he is, remembering who I am. It's adoring God. It's hallowed be your name. And we're going to talk about that in just a second. It's intercession. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. As we pray for the world to, to be reconciled and for God to come into places. And it's about petition. That's a fancy word for just asking for what we want and what we need. And it's about confession. Leading us into confession and, and receiving forgiveness. And lastly, contending. And we're going to get to, to all these today as we flow through here. So let's, let's get to our Father in heaven. Hallowed be your name, our Father. Jesus could have used so many names for God, and he chose our Father for a reason. Why do you think he picked our Father? He, he's sharing with us our God is a relational God. He wants to be in relationship with us. He wants to speak to us. He wants to hear our heart, and he's got our best intentions in mind. He has your best intentions in mind. He loves you so deeply. I remember the just 
my, my early days of being a dad, coming home and, and coming in the door and just hearing, Daddy! And like, you know, the, the rumble of the footsteps coming to greet me at the door. And uh, it was such a, a great thing. They, they wanted to draw near because I, they knew I loved them and I had their best intention in mind. Now I have three teenagers and I get a little, what's up? <laughs> so it's a little different, but grieving that a little bit. You can pray for me. Um, but our Father, our Father in heaven, he's in heaven. This is one of the most misunderstood parts of the Lord's Prayer. Heaven is not, you know, out in Pluto or, or the farthest galaxy with God looking down on us. This Greek word for heaven actually means sky. It means, it means air. And, and I think the first century readers would, and, and listeners would know this, that it, it's saying God is as close as the air on your skin. He is that close. He's actually as close as the air in your lungs. Think about air moving through your body into your lungs, and the air gets filtered into your bloodstream. Isn't that crazy to think about that God is that close? He's that close. So we come to prayer recognizing who God is. He's Father. He's in heaven. And, and then, hallowed be your name. Anybody use that word hallowed this week? Anybody? No, I don't think so. How, what does that mean? Hallowed be your name. It's such a, it sounds like such a religious word, but it really just means your name, God, is set apart. It's set apart as holy. It's set apart as you, you don't, there is no one like you in this entire universe. It's remembering who God is, that he's super close, but he's also the infinite God who created the stars that you see that are millions and millions of light years away. He created those stars, and he's close. And, and so it's, it's setting apart God in your heart and your mind as holy. There is no one like him. So we're going to pray for a minute. We're going to have a song of worship and adore God and just come, come into his presence. Let me start with this quote here by Pete Gregg. I love this, this thought as we go on this discovery together. The most important discovery you will ever make is the love the Father has for you. Your power in prayer will flow from the certainty that the one who made you likes you. He's not scowling at you. He's on your side. The love of the Father. It's a discovery. It cannot be taught. It can only be discovered. And prayer is the place of that discovery. Everything else flows from it. So do me a favor, let's just put your hands together. This is the kind of the international sign of prayer. This, this is the symbol of intimacy to becoming one. And now let's, let's just interlock your fingers for me. This is the symbol of union, of our lives being intertwined with God. This is the, the goal of prayer, is union with God union with the Father. So I'm going to invite you to just close your eyes. When your hands are like this, you can't touch your iPhone too, which is a great thing. I want you to picture the Father before you. 
way to thank him for being a good, good father. Way to breathe. Just become aware of your breath. Remember that he is here. He is all around you. Breathe him in, his Holy Spirit. And let's set, set him apart as as full of love and peace, as the source of all joy and all beauty. And let's just worship him together as we sing.
kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Does prayer really matter? Ever ask yourself that question? Do my prayers really make a difference? God, am I just, are my prayers just hitting the ceiling here? Because nothing is changing. How come it seems like everything I pray for doesn't happen in the time I want it to happen? What do I do with all those unanswered prayers? Your kingdom come, your will be done. I've prayed for friends on the brink of death, and I've seen some of them healed and some of them die. Prayer is such a profound mystery, isn't it? I don't have answers to these questions. But when I read this prayer from Jesus, I, I believe he is saying this, church, your prayers matter. They are heard. They matter. Jesus is saying, when we pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I believe he is saying, we actually help pull God's rule and reign into this world, onto earth. We get to partner with God as he brings heaven here. What an awesome thought. Jesus is saying there are things that will not happen unless we pray. And there are things that will only happen if we pray. Bishop Desmond, Desmond Tutu said this, For whatever reason, since humans showed up on the scene, God does nothing without a human partner. Think about the scriptures. That is so true. The stories of scriptures. God does nothing without a human partner. God wants us to enter into prayer. He wants to bring his kingdom through us. And so this is a, a prayer of intercession. Listen to these words from Jesus about prayer. Ask, and it shall be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Luke 11. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it. Mark 11. And I will do whatever you ask in my name. John 14. And then if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done to you. John 15, 7. What if we actually believed these words. Wow. God wants to use our prayers. He wants, he wants to partner with us. What would you pray for? What would you, if you actually took these to heart and truly just trusted that, that this is how it happens, what would you pray for? What area of your life would you pray for the kingdom to come, for heaven to invade on earth as it is in heaven, praying, it, it's to go between. It's to stand in the gap between heaven and earth and to pray for things God puts on our heart, for people he puts on our heart. That's intercession, and we're going to enter into that now. And Richard Foster says this. He says, if, if we truly love people, we will desire more for them than it is within our power to give them. 
And this will lead us to prayer. Intercession is a way of loving others. And so there's two parts of intercession here. One is just releasing. It's, it's surrendering our will to God's will. And then, and then we begin to pray for other people. Pray for his kingdom to come and for heaven to come. And so we, we do this on Wednesday morning. Sometimes we have a contemplative prayer service at 10.02. You're always welcome to come at 7.30 in the morning. And here's one of the practices we do. We, we do palms up, palms down. And we're going to practice that right now. I want you to put your palms up as we pray. Your kingdom come, your will be done. And I want you to bring to mind just something you are wrestling for control over. Something you're wrestling for control over in your life. It's that thing that is creating anxiety and worry and stress. What are you wrestling for control over? thing in your hands there. I want you just to flip, flip them over and just say, God, I, I release this to you. I release this area to you. Not my will, but your will. Just pray that for a moment. Not my will, but your will. Your kingdom come. God, not my kingdom. Think of an area that you haven't seen heaven show up yet. It could be a friend that doesn't know Jesus yet. It could be a challenging circumstance. It could be just somewhere in our city that needs heaven to come. And just offer, offer prayer up to Jesus. Say, God, I give you this person. I give you this area of our city. prayers matter. God, we come in faith today. We believe this.
Give us this day our daily bread. Give us today our daily bread. How many of you love just fresh bread with butter dripping off it? Mm, so good, isn't it? Any COVID bread makers in here? Like myself, I tried that for a while. I need to get back to it. But Jesus teaches us here. He teaches us to ask for what we need and for what we want. To bring our desires, our needs to him. And you might be thinking from that passage we read, why do we need to ask for anything? Doesn't God already know what I need? Why do I need to ask him? Let me just give you two, two thoughts. First, it, he's relational. He wants to hear your voice. He wants to hear your heart. As a dad, especially a dad of teenagers, I love when my kids ask for my help. I will drop everything. Dad, will you help me with my homework? Yes. Dad, will you help me with this problem? Yes. Our God is a relational God. He wants to hear your voice. You see over and over in scripture, we see this too. Jesus says, what do you want? What do you want? What do you need? It's also vulnerable. We have to admit our need and extend trust to God. I love what Max said in the, in the kids' room over there. He said, this, this reminds us of the daily bread, the manna from heaven, that, that for 40 years, the Israelites would have to get up every day and rely on God for their daily bread. And how easily they just, after 40 years, forgot. They needed to rely on God. And we too, we just forget so easily. We, we love self-sufficiency in our culture. It's, it's weak to be needy. So this prayer is saying, God, I need you. I, I need you. I need you to sustain me. And then Jesus takes us from, from our physical need to an even deeper need, our spiritual need, our greatest spiritual need, which is forgiveness of sins. Forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. Jesus reminds us that we, to live with him, is living in forgiveness. It's receiving forgiveness every day. At least once a day. Don't, don't I need to just get on my knees and just say, God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for those thoughts, those actions, those motives, whatever that was, whatever that was. God, I'm sorry about that. I need your forgiveness. We see the, the picture of the prodigal son that uh, we have in our office that I just love. This is the posture of receiving the Father's forgiveness as we run to him. And the Lord's table, this is just such a, a, a perfect place to come and to bring our needs and to receive forgiveness. Jesus, he said, I am the bread of life. He reminds us of that. On the bread of life. And on the night he was betrayed, he took bread and he broke it. He said, this is my body. This is broken for you. Eat this in remembrance of me. Remember that I am your sustainer. I am your provider. Trust me with your needs, with your wants. And then he took the cup and he gave thanks and he 
He said, this is, this is the cup of the new covenant. This is poured out in my blood for the forgiveness of sins. Forgiveness of sins. We get to receive forgiveness afresh and anew when we come to the table. This is such a, a sacred moment, family, as we get to come around this table and, and receive the gifts of God that go inside of us and become part of our body in a weird chemical way. But we spiritually, we, we believe that too, that grace comes inside of us and changes us. Forgiveness, as we receive it, it changes us and it empowers us to forgive. We're agreeing here, as we receive forgiveness, we're agreeing that we're going to forgive others as we have forgiven others. That's the agreement we're making with Jesus as we receive his forgiveness. Listen to this quote, and then we're going to come and take communion together. This is from Edward Welsh, a therapist. He said, we should remember that it's through Christ's death that we are reconciled to God and each other. He has made us one, and we set our hearts on pursuing unity in love. The Lord's Supper is a great time to pray and plan for oneness with our brothers and sisters. It's a time to explore new ways to be kind, compassionate, and forgiving. I love that idea, just that as we receive forgiveness, we're reminded, who do we need to forgive? Who am I holding? that grudge against. And so I'm going to pray and thank God for these gifts. And then when you're ready, you can just take some time to linger. we got a couple worship songs. You can take time, linger, come, kneel if you want. Um, come, we'll have some prayer team people on the sides for us. If you want prayer for anything, anything else or just something that's on your mind today that uh, you have a need for, um, come and bring that to our prayer team love to, to have you do that. Let's pray for our time of communion together. God, what a sacred moment this is to remember your death and resurrection, to remember that you are coming to make all things new. God, thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for these gifts of grace. God, they are mysterious, and we, we recognize that today, God, that as Christians have been taking communion for thousands of years now, we, we recognize that we stand in solidarity with them, and we receive your forgiveness so that we can be a forgiving people. So take our needs, take our desires, God, we trust you, and uh, help us to experience you now at the table here. Thank you so much and everybody said amen you can stand up together let's say when you're ready come on down and receive the gifts of
I think we know from, from James, God is not the tempter. He doesn't tempt us. The word temptation in Greek, it has some different meanings. It means, temp it means temptation, but also trials, trouble, tribulations. And uh, Paul reminds us that whenever we're, we're tempted, whenever we're in trouble, that God will provide a way out. So what, what does this prayer mean? Lead us not into temptation. I think it, I think it means this, that I wrote it down here. God, don't lead me into an unbearable testing. Don't lead me to a place where I might lose my faith. Where I might feel like I'm losing you. Where darkness takes over. Protect me. It's a prayer of protection. And deliver us from evil. That Jesus is reminding us that we are in a battle. There is a battle that we cannot see, and prayer is the only way to fight that battle. Our battle is not against flesh and blood, it's against the principalities of this dark world. And I think we all know that, we, we maybe think that, we, we see evil out there, and Jesus very practically just says, let's, let's pray, let's battle together. This is a contending prayer. Where we get to contend for each other and with each other in prayer. This is so, so important. I remember a time in, in our life group uh, when we were just, there was a season where it was hard things happening one after another. And we just contended in prayer together. It was, it was a sweet season of, of just coming before the Lord, lifting each other up, comforting each other. We need to do that, church. We need to contend with each other and for each other. Because the battle is real. And it's so easy to forget that we are in a battle. So we're going to sing one more song and pray and contend together as we leave today. Before we do that, I want to just point out that the bookmark you got, uh, hopefully coming in, that's the Lord's Prayer. It has some prompts on the backside. And I'm hoping that as you rediscover the Lord's Prayer with me, with us, you would commit to, to praying this maybe 10 minutes a day. Just pray through these prompts. You can journal through them. You can just sit silently and pray through them. But let's, let's rediscover this gift. This is such an amazing gift that God's given us to connect with Him. And to be reminded of who he is and to, to, to be led into worship and confession and petition and, and to pray for each other and to battle with each other. So can we do that? Can we just try this week even, just to practice through this week? We just be praying the Lord's Prayer for 10 minutes. We, we actually started a prayer room over at 1002. If you ever want to come down and just have a quiet place to pray, that is open for you. We'd love to, to get you in there. Come and and check that out. And uh, let me finish off with just these words from, uh, this is from Pope Benedict, actually, about the Lord's Prayer. And I thought this, this, this really touched me this week. The words of the Our Father are signposts to our interior prayer. They provide a basic direction for our being, and they aim to configure us 
to the image of the Son, the meaning of our Father, goes much further than mere provision of a prayer text. Listen to this. It aims to form our being and train us in the inner attitude of Jesus. It aims to form our being in the inner attitude of Jesus. So, would you stand with me? We're going we're gonna to sing one more song in prayer as a contending prayer as we leave. Let's ask God to just help us to be protected. And would he deliver us from evil? Maybe there's people you know right now that are just going through a hard, dark experience. You could lift them up and contend in prayer with them for them. Maybe there's a, there's a dark night of the soul that you're experiencing right now that you're just, you know, like the Bible says, the tears are your food and you are just uh, feeling it. Let's, let's ask for God, God's spirit to, to come upon us, to help us battle, to help us keep faith, to help us be encouraged, to comfort us. This is how we fight our battles. Let's pray this together as we uh, finish off today.
Father, as you discover his love more and more, bless you this week. May, may you experience him as you pray this, as you meet with him. Thanks so much for entering in with us today. We'd like to say God is good all the time. He's bigger and better than you think. You're welcome to stick around and worship a little bit more. Come on down. Our prayer team is still available. Otherwise, head out and enjoy the patio. Get your homecoming tickets out there. And uh, join us on Friday. Hopefully.